What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 180 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. That is a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes show. right there. Wow. Very, very excited about this 180 one. 180 weeks. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hi, Tim. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm not doing well. I'm excited to talk about video games, though, to put myself in a better mood. You my amplifier yeah, blew yeah. in my car, oh. yeah. and I am very upset about it because I assumed it was going to be a free fix. Nah. Is that $300? Is that why you came in with a cloudy demeanor today? Probably, man. We need you more than ever. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. By the way, you were very kind. Despite being upset, you were so polite today and professional. I'm trying. I'm trying. I appreciate it. It's a whole thing. Jared Petty, everybody. Oh, hey. Give him a round of applause. Glad to be here. And joining us for the very first time, Mark Norris. Hi. Hi. Hi, kind of funny family. You are a game director at Hangar 13. That's a true statement. You have also worked on games like... I have worked on DC Universe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely. There. It's where Greg and I met. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, me yep. and yep. Nick Colin met him. Mm. That's right. However many years 2010, ago, 2010. Okay. I did the Doomsday boss fight. We showed that off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then DC Universe uh, Online. DC Universe, and then we did uh, oh god, League of Legends. Yeah, and, no big deal. This is League a little of game. Legends, little, little tiny little game. game. Little game. I was there early. I was like employee sixty-ish or something oh like that. So wow. very early, right? Really yeah. early there. And what, what did yeah. you do there? I was a producer, which at least at that time at Riot, that kind of meant you did everything. Okay. You know, because the the studio was kind of small, and we had just moved into the Yahoo Center uh, from from where it was previous to that. So, um, and then from that, I did I did a little bit of time on the Dead Rising franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, uh, let's see, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. little game you might heard, of. L- little game, yeah, yeah little yeah. game, Horizon Zero Dawn, and then uh, you know a new IP for Hangar Thirteen and Two K. That's you, what you're, we're doing for topic of the show. Yeah, you, yeah. you want to talk about new IP? I really want to talk about that. Of like yeah. educating us on what that means, but we'll get sure. to that later. Yeah. Of course. But but you've yet to mention the Crown Jewel. Oh, here we go. Madden Five. Absolutely, Madden Five. That's right. Absolutely. That was one of the really good Madden. It was. It was. I'm very proud of Madden NFL Five and and talking through what the salary cap means. That was- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, this is going to be a very good show. I'm excited yep. for it. Uh, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. You can get the show early by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games and watching live along with us uh, for just $1 a month. If you want to spend a little bit extra, you can watch the VOD on Fridays, three days before its release on Monday. Where you can get it for free. On what does that VOD com. give you as well? That also gives you the pre and post show. Wow, which is fun. Why would I'll you not tell do you it? What? Did what we talk for 15 minutes before this about a whole bunch of different things? Yeah. Here's what did. I'm gonna do. We did. I want you to know that I had material today for the kind of funny morning show before looking at the calendar and realizing I was not on the kind of funny <laughs> morning show. So I'm gonna tease the post show content for mm-hmm. you. I'm gonna tell you about how in the post show about how I literally and I can't remember the last time this happened uncontrollably cried last night. Oh, wow. Stick around. Wow. Will that... Yeah. Yeah. Was it after making love? No, no. Well, that, that's that's what I yell. Worth a dollar. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to Patreon producer Tom Bach and Eric Heitz. <laughs> Tom Bach! Eric Heitz. Helping the show happen. And also, shout out to all you beautiful people. Oh, the names are uh, scrolling. Look at the that. names there will they scroll. They're doing a lot of stuff. And, and also, also worth pointing out, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Mark, we we buried this, of course, for the kind of funny best friends. A kind of funny best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, this is the show supports us on Patreon. Yeah, of He's an amazing person. Thank yeah, you very much for that. So, yeah, if Mark wanted to, could he be watching this live right now? I guess oh, technically. I guess yeah. It seems like we're splitting the atoms of people. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. Um, and also, shout out to Party Mode. It's a little show you might not have heard of. We we did Party Mode Week, and I don't know when this is going live, so things are complicated, but. 
as of this How do you week, mean you what, don't know when this is going live. You, you, it's your show. No, you I, just I, ran no, the no, I, I understand, but what I'm saying is like, there's no time that we can actually have the games cast in party mode week where it goes live for everybody during that week. Is okay, what that's I'm fair. Saying. That's fair. Okay, so, I just want you to clarify. Uh, I'm sorry, the fans blowing. We love party mode, and it, we want to give it some some extra shine because not enough people are watching it. And they're missing out on some really good content. Andy, Andy Cortez works very hard on it. His editing skills are unmatched, some would say. Generally I'm one spe- of those people. Yeah, Tim, um, I, I don't normally like gameplay shows. Mm-hmm. I love watching Party it's good. Mode. It's, it's the fantastic. editing. It's the editing. It's, it's so the, great. It's that magic editing. Uh, so go check it out. Greg, what p- Party Mode episode would you recommend people check out if it's their first time? Oh, that's a big old question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm I, I'm drawn to the Mario Tennis IGN verse kind of funny mm-hmm. one, but I feel like that one did better than most. So I think a lot of people have watched that one. So then I would say probably the Rainbow Six one where we turn on Andy and that was a good he gets one. really mad at us and almost quits. I want to give a shout out to the Fusion Frenzy episode. You love that episode. I do, man. It's super fun. We, there's a, a variety of games that we played in it because it's mm-hmm. a mini game collection. It's an old random ass game. Yeah. And uh, that was a funny episode. Okay. I yeah. like how hype you guys get on the Nidhogg one. Nidhogg ones are always good. Yeah. There's like a Please rivalry. God, building. end it. <laughs> yeah. There's like a, there, is, there is one uh, Nidhogg episode where Greg summons Satan to help him win. Ooh. So mm. that actually a, is a great one. That's a really good one. That yeah. is a really good one. Party Mode's a great show. Party Mode is a great show. Uh, but this is kind of funny games cast. We talk about the video games that we've been playing. I need an update from you guys. Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Cool. You've been playing a lot more? No. You've been playing a lot more. Yeah. Have you played at all? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. And I use a lot more loosely. My plan, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the train from LA on my Ghostbusters uh, video shoot to go to Comic Con, and I'm gonna play the whole three hours. It's gonna be great. Got on that train, immediately fell asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, what I've now been doing is, you know, I my one of my 2018 on the l- down low resolutions was that uh, I wanted to take Uber less. You know what I mean? I wanted to either ride my bike to work or I wanted to take yeah. the bus. So I've been okay. taking the bus a lot more, and so I've been playing there. But First world problem. My bus ride not that long anymore. Mm. So I, what I, my Octopath update is that I've assembled the entire team. The last two characters, those eight travelers. Yeah, I got the whole. Tra- I got the last two travelers. Uh, I we talked about stories and narratives not working, you know, as well as I thought Primroses did. Right. Um, I'm gonna screw this up because they're still so new to me. And of course, I'm playing with the sound down on the bus. Tessa, Tressa, uh, the mer- the merchant. There's a horn on our end. Don't worry. The merchant. Really like her voice actor. Really like her story. Really excited to have her on my team. I like her skills so far. And then the warrior, uh, Kevin, can you pr- pull up the, Ulbrich? yep, Ulbrick. Thank you. Uh, ju- he was my final guy to assemble the team. Really like him too. I think his story is super cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am struggling because I'm still obsessed with Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And that means that like last night I was like, I'm going to play a match of Fortnite and then get to Octopath and instead played four and a half hours of Fortnite Addiction. and then went to bed. But, so, yeah, but I came into work this morning. There yeah. you were playing Octopath. I finished, the, I finished the train. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing. If there's internet, it's Fortnite. If there's no internet, it's Octopath. But mm. Octopath, I am falling more and more in love with the more and more I play. Great. Great. Another update. Hollow Knight. Andy. 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 Game's so Don't good. call his name. Don't call his name. Andy Cortez. Can we get you on shock mic, please? Can we make Kev, sure the shock sure? mic is turned up? Jared, <laughs> yes, what's sir. your update on Hollow Knight? You were talking a little bit about it last yeah, week. Yeah, I really like Hollow Knight. Uh, it is a spectacular Metroidvania. I, I don't really know how to articulate it uh, except to say that it's both beautiful and very thoughtfully designed. Um, people talk a lot about the lore under the surface and more and more of that is, is seeping up into view and I like that part of it. But what I'm grabbed by is the imaginative Ooh. gameplay. Uh, and also the simply brilliant use of paladin. Uh, a lot of games, 
Uh, paladin is very subtle and you don't usually notice it when it's happening, but the hues of every individual room are so artfully and thoughtfully done, but they're unobtrusive. It's not a game that you sit and go, wow, this is beautiful. It's a game that you play and just go, I'm stunned by how understated but thoughtful every little difference in color is. I'm playing this shadowy game that never feels dark. Hmm. That's rare. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like uh, I really like Hollow Knight. So Andy, you've been playing Hollow Knight as well. I got through the... Oh, the mic isn't working. Uh-oh. The shot might right not turn like, on. Like it didn't last week or whatever. Gonna be yeah, geez, Andy, Louise. what's up with you in the hall or in the in the shock I, mic? I got uh oh the shock mic. I don't know. It's just we were have we have problems here, Jared. Um I got past the first world <laughs> on the airplane <laughs> on my flight to, to LA yesterday. Um not I again, it's kind of weird because you I'm in an airplane, so I'm not fully in gaming mode. There's people chatting around me, a bunch of Fucking chatty Cathy's left and right, Jared. Let me tell you what, man. Yeah. This guy kept talking about how he knew the dude who owns Tito's Vodka in Austin. Jeez Louise, man. Why like, is he talking to you about this? Just get away. Quit talking. No, no. He was talking to the lady next to me. I'm trying to play oh, Hollow Knight. Why do you have headphones on? Huh? Headphones. I do. It, 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 they weren't good enough. This guy wow. was fucking full volume, Greg Miller. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's rough. I've been in that situation. Did you get us a hookup for Tito's Vodka, though? No, I didn't. Wow, I this didn't. Is a sad story. He wasn't levels. talking to me. It's just, I don't know. It, you lean over. He's like, like oh, you could t- oh, you could chat with people on Virgin America flights. I don't know. You could chat using this little remote. I was like, well, okay, we'll chat with the person next to next you. Next yeah. quit fucking talking out loud. You know what I'm saying, Greg Miller? Anyway. <laughs> Number one games journalist. Jeez uh, <laughs> Louise. Um, yeah, I got past sort of the first world or whatever, and it, it was a game that I started and immediately realized, eh, not really for me. I'm not feeling it. But I gave it a second chance on the on this flight. And, and while I was at the airport as well, um, it it can it's that very soul style of dying and I gotta go find my body, similar to what Shovel Knight did when you die and you have to go get your coins back you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh in this case you have to you you fight your dude really mm-hmm. quickly to kill him, your your ghost or whatever. And I'm not cool. quite sure what the lore is. I'm not quite sure what's happening, but I'm into it. The Are you gonna play more of it? Oh yeah, the, okay. it's, the gameplay is like really punishing, and yeah. but like you you want to be punished, kind of. It feels oh, yeah. good, Greg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's not like it's not like masochistic. No, it's, it's just not. hard. Yeah, yeah, and, and and a lot of it is just your fault. Like there are plenty of moments yeah. where I don't have a lot of life, and I'm like, eh, I can get past this point, and I play reckless and I die, and it's that's like very yeah, shovel night. That's on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and you know that it's on you. But you want to risk it for the biscuit, you know what I'm saying, Tim Gettys? So you want to go after that. You want to free that little damn little caterpillar up there, Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes what's He's good for the caterpillar isn't good for the gander. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm having a fun time with it. I, I I just got past. I essentially beat the main boss of that sort of underworld. Well, I think he's the main boss. There are yeah. certainly a lot of things that I have not explored yet i'm sure now that i've unlocked these new powers right um but i know eventually give me wall climbing i don't have that yet uh i know that's in the game though right i'm pretty sure like the, the mega there, man style wall. there is all <laughs> kinds of new traversal stuff coming okay up cool for you. yeah i can't wait for that stuff and it's it's slowly opening up uh and similar to um i mean shit what, what um i can't think of the damn name uh, the one that Nick wouldn't shut up about. Axiom Verge. Axiom yeah. Verge. Yeah, similar mm, right. to that, where you're very Metroidvania. You're realizing there are paths that were uh, 
you couldn't get to earlier in the game, but now you do have the abilities to get to it. So I am definitely going to keep playing it. What know? makes a good Metroidvania game, maybe more than anything else, is how it recontextualizes areas that you become comfortable with and suddenly makes them intriguing again. Mm-hmm. And you realize that there's ingenuity you didn't see at first glance happening around you. I think that sometimes we almost gloss over that aspect of those games. And and Hollow Knight accomplishes that better than most. Uh, I think that's part of the appeal of it. It's, it's just that it's effortless. You're, you're traveling through it. It's what you don't see until you do. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that thing is up there and I ignored it because I knew I couldn't get to it. But now I have the ability to and I want to keep exploring and keep finding out what's happening in this world. And the yeah. characters are very, uh, you know, very toned down in terms of like voice acting. It's just them making noises. Yeah. Uh, but the text kind of seems a little too intense for me. Like I, I it's. I know that there's more under the surface that yeah. I, I can't wait to get to, but it's you know it's kind of uh, intimidating at first, trying to absorb whatever the hell is happening in this world. Well, you don't really have to. That's the other bit. That is is that I? That oh, there there went that there went that, that window was, that sound. Was my fault. That was yeah. My fault. Mm-hmm. That time it happened. But no, uh, the uh, I, you don't have to get into the lore. That's the other bit. I mean, I, I hate when people talk too much in video games. And the nice thing about Hollow Knight is, if you don't care what's going on, just go get some more screaming caterpillars. You'll be fine. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now I'm digging it. It's worth pointing out that you say you're on the plane when you're playing or whatever. You're going to see Spider-Man on PlayStation Four. Yes. However, embargoed for that. Yes. Thursday. Next. Well, the, yeah. By the time this airs, if you're not watching live Thursday, we can talk about it, right? Yes. And August second. You. We need to power. I think we just put up a video at some point. Um, just put it out. Okay. On that Thursday, but we can figure it out. Yeah. Cool. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned, Number one guys. Games journalist, Andy mm-hmm. Cortez. Thank Andy you very Cortez. much. World traveling. <laughs> Can confirm Peter Parker is playable. Oh, oh man. Oh, so there's my You heard it here. There you go. Breaking and bargaining. Wow. <laughs> you mean no one can see you doing the Andy face. You mean that as a joke, Spider Man is Peter Parker. Yes. Yeah. You're not saying there's a Peter Parker spin <laughs> <laughs> skin that you run around joke. in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's that's don't need that getting broken out of N4G. That Spider Ham news about Into the Spider Verse made me so happy. Yeah. John Malone. That movie's gonna be amazing. That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect casting for Perfect that. Perfect move. Um, so, Mark. Yeah. You've been playing some games, too. I have been. Tell me a little it's bit true. about this Yakuza 6. <gasps> so, I make open world video games. It's, it's kind of, I go, this kind is what I love thing. to make. It's my thing. So, I try to play them all. There's, oh, my if, God. If one exists, I'm task. like, I, and not just play them. I really want to understand them, right? Mm. Like, I want to play them all the way to the end because you just never know when a new mechanic's going to come in that changes the way that the game plays. You never know when a new system's going to get introduced. You never know when a piece of content's going to come up and make you go, wow, that's that's really something that's interesting mm. that I hadn't seen mm. before. Why right? haven't we thought about that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So Yakuza's super interesting for me because I picked it up. I never played any of the Japanese, um, you know, Yakuza's that you could have, you could, I think, maybe picked up on... PS3, there might have been one. I can't remember. PS2, there was right. one. Yeah, PS2, yeah, yeah, absolutely PS2's right. I never played any of them, right? So I was introduced to the series with Yakuza 0. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And at first, there are things about it that I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I, I put myself into something that... This is obtuse. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And what I started to to really understand over time, because I played that, and, and I fell in love with the idea of the way that they did, you know, basically the Japanese, you know, mafia, right? Yeah. Um... The characters that they introduced were fantastic. And I really love the main character. Mm-hmm. Well, then they did Yakuza Kiwami. And yeah. so you got to play Yakuza 1, but it was all updated and you know it looked great. It was a much smaller game than Yakuza 0 was, so I was able to get through it relatively quickly. Yep. And now at this point, like I'm hooked. 
I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So I get seven video games with this character. I can't think of another franchise where you get that much time with one character. Mm-hmm. And they take this character essentially from in Yakuza Zero, it's like nineteen eighty five or you know, and then Yakuza Six is is present day, you know, basically twenty eighteen or right around that time frame. It's is thirty he, he's years. still running the orphanage then? Is that he's, he's still running an orphanage, yeah. yeah he's, Cosmo, he's still doing right? that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing that they do that I have never seen done before successfully. And generally speaking, I was always afraid to do with any of the video games that I've worked on was they take the same place and they reinvent it over and Mm -hmm. over and over Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, oftentimes in video games, like, oh, you've been there before. We need to build something completely new for the sequel. Or, you know, like they've seen that in another game somewhere. So we want to do something that's completely different. But what they've done, and I'll probably butcher the name, but it's Camarucho or, you know, the, the, the district inside yeah, of the Tokyo, red light district. The, yeah, 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 they don't they use the real red light district. No, no, no of course right, not. But, but their version of yeah. it, right? Yeah, it's their, um, it's their version of Rapungi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the very least, not. I assume that it's through Yakuza's, you know, two through five as well. But you go to it in Yakuza Zero. You're there in Yakuza, you know, Kwame One. You're there in Yakuza Six, and I love the fact that they go, oh, that's down on San Rio Street, or that's down on, you know. Whatever, whatever boulevard it might be, and I just go, oh, I know exactly where that is. I don't have to look at the minimap, <laughs> you know. Like I'm literally just playing yeah. this game, and I'm like, oh my god, it, it's there is a brilliance to that. There's a familiarity mm. to coming home the way that they do that. Yeah, it literally does feel like coming home. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's coming home to that character, and it's coming home to that location, and it's coming home to that wackiness in some way mm-hmm. that I just pick up the motorcycle, smash it into pieces. How, 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 so how yeah. do they keep it from feeling too samey? So one of the things that they do is even though that the layout of the area is exactly the same, the buildings they kind of turn on or off. So you'll see it like you'll be like, oh, that's Starlight. I went to Starlight, which is like a, a host club or a hostess club in one of the, the previous games. Well, you can see the facade of that as you're passing by it. So it's in the same place that it was, but it's now not an enterable building, right? Mm -hmm. But another building that wasn't enterable before now becomes an enterable building. So ultimately, you really get to fill out and flesh out. Like you were like, oh, I saw that, 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 you know, marquee or whatever um, in one of the previous games. It wasn't available to go into at that time, but now it's open. And now I get to explore what this this part of you know this building is and what the city is and what stories are trying to tell me here. And then they turn off you know certain things. And then they do do some smart stuff, which is at least in each of the games so far, um, they do take you to a different location, right? So they take mm-hmm. you somewhere, you know, Onomichi, and, and you know, which is, it, I don't know if it's actually there, but it's in the you know Hiroshima district uh, inside of uh, Tokyo, and then are inside of Japan, and then in uh, uh, Zero, you go over to where Goro Majima is from, and I can't remember, you know, where exactly that is, but it is a totally different location yeah. than than you know the the Tokyo Red Light District that they introduce you to. So you don't you don't actually get as burned out as you might think because mm-hmm. you actually spend you know thirty forty percent of the game outside of the city. But you do get to learn that city or that part of the city incredibly well. It's just really well done. I, I want to harness you so badly for a video essay right now. <laughs> like, I mean, this is like the, the, it's a tension that you're describing. Yeah. And I've never really thought about the aspect that you're bringing up here yeah. between the more things change, the more they stay the same Absolutely. on one end. 
and like Thomas Wolfe's You Can Never Go Home Again Absolutely. on the other, which yep. is that when you go back to a place, it's never the way you remember it exactly. Yeah. You're like a ghost walking through a house that you yep. sort of recognize. That's really cool. And it I'm is. just kind of sitting over going, because I hadn't thought about how that yeah. worked in those games. In Yakuza 0... The way that you save your game is at a telephone booth. Because in 1985, telephone booths were a thing. And there's mm. there's a quest in Yakuza 0 where somebody has like one of those giant cell phones, you know, and they're like carrying it around. Like he's yeah. like got the backpack <laughs> on, yeah. and he's got the phone. And the only thing you can do, because you can retrieve items also at the I don't know why, but apparently that's what you do in Japanese cell phone or Japanese phone booths is that you can retrieve your items um, and save your game. I've retrieved many items from many Japanese items. Phone <laughs> exactly. when I live there. So, um, but it, by the time you're in Yakuza Six, obviously they've removed yeah. they've removed all of those phone booths. Like they're not there anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's true of of the way that that works today. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, they had to figure out a different save mechanic. Now you can save it anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because you have a cell phone and yeah, it makes sense. It makes but sense. It, it, it just it they do a really good job of thinking through what it means to move through decades. You know, and of course the studio that I'm at now did does the Mafia series. Right, we're building a new IP now, but. One of the things that I loved about Mafia 2 was that it, it was a game that took place over the course of several years, a, a decade or so, right? And when you get you go to prison at some point in, in Mafia 2, when you come out, all the music's changed, season's yeah. a different season, the buildings have changed, you know, uh, the, the makes and models of the cars have changed. And there's just something about that lived-in sort of city feel that... I, don't, I like it when video games do that. I think it's really smart, and I don't think we do enough of it. So I, Now you just make me want Mafia across Yakuza. Uh, yeah, I want that awesome. so bad. <laughs> that'd be amazing. I never really thought about how, how Yakuza 0 is kind of like Shenmue if it were fun. Absolutely. Uh, that's yep. just... Jeez, oh, taking wow. shots. I, mean, I, know, I love Shenmue. I, I love it, too. but I am yep. not going to lie and say yep. that Shenmue is flawless or that they're... they're it's fun. Uh, yeah, uh, Shenmue is Shenmue. The difference is, between flawless and fun. Shenmue yeah. is fun the way like Flanders kids going to church is fun. You know, okay. it, it, there's okay. a, like it's like yeah. Look for those sailors. Yeah, yeah. yeah got, you got to look for those sailors. What do we do? What's the other game you've been playing? So uh, I play a lot of stuff, but the the one when I kind of put down, it's one of those things where you kind of pick it up and play it for a little bit, and then you put it down. So Danganronpa three oh, is something that nice. yeah, I I love the Danganronpa series. Um, oh, so Mama Kuma coming back. I do, oh, God, I love Anakuma. Uh, when when I went to uh, Tokyo for the first time, yeah, uh, it was for the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, sort of press event for the Tokyo Game Show in 2015. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I had to get was a Monokuma backpack. Sure. Right. Like it was the one thing I'd have because my daughter was 14 or 15 at the time. She wants to someday be a writer. And the game that she loves the most, and I don't know what this says about my 18, now 18-year-old daughter, but the, the the game that she loves the most is Danganronpa. Like, she freaking loves that game. So it's mm-hmm. one of those games we actually play together. That's awesome. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's really cool. Um, we could not find one, bizarrely. Really? Like, you would think mm-hmm. I mean, that would be everywhere, right? Exa- well, yeah, that yeah. face, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Could not find it. Everywhere in Japan. But Sony PR in Japan, Sony Sony Marketing PR, Sony Localization, they found me one, they sent me Hell one. Yeah. They were amazing. Nice. So can't thank them enough for that. But yeah, I love Danganronpa as well. And I think it is mostly, it, it's a similar thing. The, the school changes. It's not the same. But there's a weird familiarity. Even though the level design has completely changed, mm-hmm. you get it. Like, you just, you understand it. It feels like an evolution. Absolutely right, it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Um, and we won't talk about 
they did like a first person shooter Danganronpa that I was like, nah, nope, not gonna do that one. Yeah, it was a bridge too far. Ultra Despair. Danganronpa. Yeah, exactly right. But I love, I love, love, love the characters. I think they do a fantastic job of building characters and relationships, and that's something that I look at. Do the games evolve over time? Because like I've, I've never played them. When I look at them, I'm like, these all just seem like the same thing. There's an underlying storyline that I find particularly interesting. You know, it's kind of like what's happening in the world outside of this school that they're that they're kind of figuring out over time. Um, and one of my favorite movies of all time is Battle Royale from, sure. from Japan. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so for me, Danganronpa is like, that's it. Like, that's the movie, and this is the video game version of that movie. Hmm. Uh, so, but it, it, it does, it tells a bigger story, right? It, my favorite video games are the ones that tell two stories, right? The, the one story which is, we're saying something, right? One of the reasons I joined Hangar 13 is because they said something with Mafia 3, mm. right? Um, but then there's that other story that, that we want gamers to tell, right? And Fortnite is the best in the world right now at this. And, you know, when we did, when I was on League of Legends, they did this very well. The water cooler story that you tell about this mm. Leroy Jenkins moment or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that it might he was be. He's building a fort, but I came up with this background. He exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So for me, the, the challenge in building video games that I want to build are how do we make sure that they tell two stories, mm. right? That's got to be so, tough. Yeah, give, give it is hard. enough. Give them enough to do so they feel like there's a story, but then give them enough freedom that they feel like they can make their own. It is. is that what yep. draws you to open world it game is. development? It absolutely is. Yeah. It absolutely is. You know, and there are certain, I think, companies that do that incredibly well. I think you could point to Grand Theft Auto as mm-hmm. that tells an incredibly cohesive, fantastic story, but then also gives this sure. world that allows people to yeah. just tell whatever story that they want to tell with their friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, Greg's got one of the best stories about this I've ever heard around Red Dead. I, I, I when you were talking oh, about, oh yeah, 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 I love this. Do you have a minute to tell it? I think so. Don't we, Tim? Do we have a minute? Oh, to do? Yeah, Can we yeah. talk on the show? Take about a minute, Greg, please. <laughs> if you never heard it, uh, yeah. So my Red Dead story was yeah. I got Red Dead, and I'm like, John Marston's a stand-up dude. My John Marston's yeah, a good absolutely. guy. He's not going to yeah. kill anybody. He's not going to do the bad. Uh, okay, he's not going to do the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'm going to kill. Plenty. He's going to have to I'm shoot kill a couple of hundreds of people. I'm not going to be a bad. I'm not going to be what's not a bad cowboy. You're not going to be a black hat. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm not going to be a black hat. I'm not going to be a bad person. Right. And so there was that side mission, you know, hours and hours and hours into the game I've been playing it, where the old man wanted you to get flowers, go yep. gather flowers for his wife. And when you finally come back with the final flower, which, of course, is a throwaway side mission. Yeah, I'm just doing a million things. I'm checking all my boxes. Sure. And I brought him back and gave him to him. He's like, oh, great. Come on in and meet her. And he mm-hmm. walks you in, and it's his mummified uh, wife in the chair. Like, right. she's been dead forever, and he's got Alzheimer's or whatever, yep. and just can't. He's got dementia. He can't piece it together, right? Yep. And I'll never forget. He's like, and John's like, all right, whatever, man. And like, I, you know, John walked back out of the house and I remember looking at the beautiful skies, big blue sky, you know, the rolling hills, it's green, everything else. And just going and opening up my wheel and getting the bandana that would like hide your, you know, whatever bad act you did, hide your reputation, putting it on and walking back in, walking behind him, pulling out my gun and shooting him in the head. It's a good story. And I I didn't do it to be an asshole. I didn't do it. It could be funny to kill him. I was just like. This is a mercy kill. Like, yeah, yeah, I have to take care of this man. Yep. Like this yeah. man can't take care of himself anymore. And the Definitely. mission's over. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was just your narrative. The mission was way I over. Mean, I yeah, got yeah, the XP right. or whatever I Red Dead used to give you. And it was like, yeah, I walked outside. And the thing is, is like, what do you want to do next? And I was like, I want to go back in there and take care of this. I can't leave him like that. Every player's story is unique. Yeah. I think that that is such a powerful thing to think about when we build video games, right? Yeah. Like if we can find a way to make that true, we're just going to be successful. Well, that's what makes separates games from movies, right? Absolutely. Like right. I watch a movie, Absolutely and I'm like, right. I never would have made that choice, and never would have yeah. done that, blah, blah, yep. And it's, then even the games that flip it, no spoilers, because uh, we'll get in trouble, of course. 
uh, with somebody, but the end of The Last of Us. Yeah. Like when I was like waiting for the choice and the choice never comes and I'm like, yeah. oh, I ha- you're making me do this to tell yeah. me your story. Yep. That's rare in video games it was. where it's not. I, it was. I sat down with, with Angie just last week, my wife, and she's never played Shadow, uh, uh-huh. the Colossus. And she's always wanted to. I've talked reverentially about it. Yeah. So we sat down and she's getting into it and learning to do the controls and she gets up to the first Colossus and the voice, you know, the tutorial voice is telling her what to do next. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to kill. It's just, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When do I not? And I was like, you have to. And she's like, but I don't want to. It's like, well, you're not going to go any the credits page. roll. And, uh, <laughs> and she's yeah. just like, but I thought yeah. I was going to make friends with it. Yeah. I thought it was about me. And, the, and I'm like, no, this That's is a game about game. doing horrible things that you don't want to do. Let me introduce you to the last guardian. And yeah, yeah and, and friends and, with that thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, she's just like, don't and be she friends looked with at me and she said, right. I totally oh. see the merit to this, Yeah, but I can't do this. Uh, and that was it. Wow, that was the wow, end of the game. Wow. She's like, I, I don't want to kill it. I love that. That that's yeah. just like no, I'd rather not play. Those moments, man. It's just like it's they're Absolutely. they're very few and far between, I think, when it's like those ones that stick with you. But sure. for me it was Halo Three. Uh me, my best friend Curran and Alfredo were playing uh, co op for the story mode online. And we're all going through it. We did the whole thing in one sitting. And we're at the very end of the game and the, the final mission is you're you're in a warthog, or if you're playing with more than two players, like two warthogs, and you go and everything's blowing up and it's kind of the you know, escape the the explosions yeah, yeah, right, to get yeah. to the end. And the end there's this final giant jump that you take. We were going and we're shooting a bunch of guys and I hit the wrong button. So instead of switching guns, I got out of the Warthog as they went yeah, and right. I was just standing there and things exploded around me. And like Curran turns around to get me and I was like, just go without me. Just go without me. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, just fucking go. And they went, and they, they both awesome. make the jump and you see the cutscene start playing. And you see the warthogs jumping across. And you just see my character just exploding. It's great. <laughs> it's like, in canon, yep. there's this one fallen soldier that just didn't That's make awesome. it across oh, the castle. That's awesome. That's did, so good. did any of you play Ashron's Call? I know it's an older game. Mm-hmm. I know it's a, so. Ashron's Call was a game that Microsoft did. It was their first MMO, and it was made by Turbine up in in uh, Maryland or up in uh, Massachusetts, right? And it came out right around the time that EverQuest did, and it was like the other MMO at the time. Mm-hmm. They had like eight or nine servers. And they did monthly content drops. It was like their thing. They were like, every month you're going to get new stuff. This is why you're paying nine ninety nine. You're going to get some new stuff. One month they dropped a piece of content that was, here's a new dungeon. And when you go into the dungeon, you're immediately flagged for PvP. So nobody can, you know, uh, you get to the end of the dungeon. You're going to unleash the evil in the world. So eight servers... Within the first couple of days, because that's how people, you know, consume MMO content, basically run through, they release evil in the world. One server decided, we're not evil. This mm. is not what we're going to do. We are going to put up a constant vigilant guard of protectors Fuck yeah. around so this, good. around this, you know, this, this shrine that they had to, uh, to destroy. Yeah. And Turbine is losing their minds because they're like, they have to destroy, they have to destroy the shrine or else... What, what are we going we to have like branching servers? Are we going to mm-hmm. have like this server doesn't get the update? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the hell are we going to awesome. do? Right. Oh, and I so, like, I had heard, and I can't confirm because I wasn't there, but I had heard like devs were starting to come in and try to get through, you know, this, this defense. Oh, devs are coming yeah, in. Exactly. Right. Like, this That's defense awesome. is just holding strong. Right. And by the end of the month, they hadn't done it. They had it like they had so totally ensured that this, that this shrine had not been destroyed. So Turbine's like, we don't, we don't know, I don't know what the fuck to do. 
And the decision that they made was, hey, it's really hard for game developers to do divergent servers, right? I think that would have been great if they could have done something like that, right? They decided to erect a shrine just on that server for the protectors and defenders of the That's faith or so whatever. So awesome. I thought that was a pretty good compromise, but that player story... For me, it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's video games. That's video games. That's why I loved Eve. Uh, Eve was just that Absolutely. all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, that to just finally be like, I, I'm going to eat my life doing this. But yeah. that's that's every day in that world. And that's why I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. We were at San Diego Comic-Con. San you, Diego. You got to be in a commercial for a video game. <laughs> right. I, I filmed that Ghostbuster, wor- Ghostbusters World video. Right. Yeah. I went down to L.A. on w- last Wednesday, a week ago today, and filmed that. So, yeah, an ad for Ghostbusters World. But mm-hmm. then went to Comic-Con and got to play you Ghostbusters to play World. Oh, yeah. So, of course, this is one full of disclosures. <laughs> so, to be clear, I was I got cast in the Ghostbusters World uh, trailer, uh, commercial, or whatever you want to call it, video. You can go see all this stuff on my Instagram. One day the trailer will be out somewhere, and you can see it, and it'll be awesome. And I'm a live-action Ghostbuster with the Ecto one it's amazing and it was a million dreams come true we should do a gog topic on it someday however i mean you trust me so i I tell you a grain of salt you understand grain of salt that was the deal there was no like now talk about the game and you know we're gonna tell Mm -hmm. how how much you like the game or you know don't like the game because i went to go play it by choice yeah went to play it by yeah two different arms one hired me to do the commercial and then the pr arm contacted me as video games you know number two journalist Greg Miller to go play it or whatever. So Comic-Con actually got to go play and screw around with it. I love the idea that you got to go to a shoot and you brought your own costume. How often does that does I know, that right? They were pretty happen? stoked when they cast going, me. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, oh, I'm like, I'll bring my own. It says Miller. I'm like, holy shit. So is Ghostbusters World, if I remember correctly, Lay it's the me. Pokemon Go-esque game? Yeah, oh, yeah, this is Pokemon yeah. Go knockoff. Okay. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah, the idea is that you're running around catching more than 100 uh, ghosts. It's you know still in development, so they haven't like lock down their number but there's a lot right now there's a lot more than 100 on the little dot the tobin spirit guide we'll see how how, what the final number net side is but yeah it's pokemon go of you know they handed me the phone and you turn it on and you're the ghostbuster on a you know they're working with google maps so Mm -hmm. it's very much like pokemon go they're doing and i haven't played pokemon go since the literally pokemon go craze you know when it first started so those first few weeks so i'm not sure if pokemon go is updated to this but they're using google maps in a way that when you spin it around or move the camera up and down, you get like kind of like invisible structures. So like when we were playing next to Petco Park, like you spun it, they spun the camera and like, oh, there was Petco Park. Like it's yeah. giving you not just the cross streets and things and the, their version of gyms or whatever. You know what I mean? There's like actual things there like you can orient yourself based on, oh. which is cool. Yeah, it's cool. But on top of that, yeah, there's ghosts all over and then there's these dimensional doors. Dimensional doors act as Pokestops. You go there, you get items, uh, you know, your traps and your whatnot and all that jazz. Are the ghosts drawn from the old cartoon show? or from Ghosts the, are drawn from everything, okay. which is really cool. Like, so, like, there's, you know, it's, it's a very limited demo build right now of what right. you're playing. But, yeah, ghosts are, are from the movies. They're from the cartoon. They're from the comic books. They're from Brad. any other video game that's happened before. And they're using, you know, the proton pack you have, right, is more than just the neutrino wand. It is from the, you know, uh, whatever it would have been, 2000. Eight Ghostbusters game that I reviewed, 2009 Ghostbusters yeah, game that I reviewed. Yeah. Well, I guess we we're in the new one. Whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, where you're using like the boson cannon, like you're changing, you know, all these different things that ghosts will have weaknesses to or strengths to and all that jazz. So I was just using a Neutrino wand, so just your classic Ghostbuster right. stream and running around and do that. Um, I, you know, again, grain was grain of salt. It's a game I'm going to play, and I mean, I'm, I'm obviously literally the target audience. Like, I'm the yeah. bullseye of that audience. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, who's a Ghostbusters guy? Who wants to bust some ghosts? And Craig Miller. Who wants to walk around there? But it's like, I was playing it, and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm totally going to play this. And like, you have, you know, the your your Pokedex is the Tobin Spirit Guide, which is so well known from Ghostbusters. They're like, yeah, right. I want to fill yep. this in. I want to yep. get all yeah. these. And I like that 
you can lose. You know what I mean? Like Poke, 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 uh, Pokemon Go. Obviously, you throw the ball, they get out of it, you, mm-hmm. you lost, whatever. Right. This one's more active than that of like, you know, uh, you see it on the map, right? Like, okay, there's uh, there it is. There's a ghost over there. There's the chef ghost. There's, you know, a slime or whatever. You click on it. You go into the AR battle, which, of course, you can turn off wherever, but it's cooler to do it in the AR and have yep. it in the real world. You go in there, and you have to click on your PKE meter that pop- pops it out. Right. And you got to use your phone to go like this oh, cool. to get the readings to find it. Okay, and, like, the thing's moving as you get closer. <laughs> ghost appears, and then, yeah, it's like you're using your proton pack how you want to. You're zapping them, wearing them down. Mm-hmm. They have a health bar, but then they have attacks they can hit you with that will slime you. Uh, when they go to attack you, there's a quick thing that pops up. This is counter. You tap it and use that ghost glove uh, punch thing they had in the, the new Ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. that you can do to counteract that or take it. But it's like they were talking to me of like, you know, we don't want it to be just ca- it'll get boring just capturing if there's no gameplay to it. Like he, I was talking to one of the guys there. He's like, when you get going, you get like deeper and you f- high, fight higher level ghosts like. If they hit you once, you're dead. Something mm-hmm. like you yeah. need to be on top of the counters. It's not something you can just sleepwalk through for everything later on. So they say. Uh, this was, you know, yeah. You capture him, you wear him down. Okay, throw out the trap, get him over the trap, slam him into the trap, mm-hmm. and it was like, it was active. Whereas I feel like Pokemon Go is much more of this. Not that I'm like running around getting sweaty, but like I will because I'll be in a Ghostbusters outfit playing this. But yeah, two questions. Jared, you have a question. Can you cooperate with others yeah. to catch girls with the streams? Uh-huh. And two, if you cross the streams, what happens? Great questions. <laughs> uh, I, of course, would never be silly enough to cross the streams, so I can't tell you what would happen. However, what's cool is that yes, you can collaborate. Rad. Not for every little ghost. Instead, they're like raid bosses. Okay. So like they're like they had one obviously triggered there and no stay puff. And so, like, you hit it, and then Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's there, right? That's and you cool. go in there, and it's up to four players. You create the room. You do whatever you want with it. And then, yeah, you go in there. And he was a bitch. Like, he had a huge... It's, it's a raid. Like, he had a huge health bar. He was calling out other little Stay Puff Marshmallow Man like, the minions. And they were throwing stuff at us and blah, blah, blah. So you're in there, and it's... I was doing it by myself for a while. One of the other people jumped in. Then... Uh, passed the phone off to another guy and then came in with like a souped up account and then really started weeding, knocking him down. So there is this aspect of leveling up, becoming a better Ghostbuster, doing cool. this. There's there's a story mode to it where you're running around doing all this. There's PvP, which isn't ready. They're going to talk about it later. But from what I gather, it is like, yeah, you've caught the ghost. You know, you've let work on leveling that ghost up and doing stuff with them and then, yeah, fight other, ghost, other ghosts cool. that way to have that go on. Uh for me as a nerd, like you get to customize your character, like you you make you you know craft what your Ghostbuster looks like through a whole bunch of preset mm-hmm. options and stuff like that. And yeah, like I don't know the legs I'll have with it. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'll become an Andrew Goldfarb about it, but for sure when it drops, like I've been telling you, like right, like yeah, I want to fucking be make dumb videos here of us in a Ghostbusters That's uniform walking around. Catching but I ghosts also around. totally, totally, and it's it's what works for Pokemon Go so well. Of like, yeah, I could see me waking up and be like, hey Jen, let's get a cup of coffee and walk around and just go do this mm-hmm. and screw around and get a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm, my honestly, I'm doing the trade. Like, I'm doing the video, and I'm like, holy! I'm putting up all the Instagram stories and all the stuff, yeah. and it's like, this is awesome. And you know, again, the agreement, and the, I'm like, I'm I'm cast as an actor. So if I don't like the game when I get the game, I'm gonna say the game shit, right? So, but like, my big thing is like, man, I hope this game doesn't suck. Like, this is a fun experience, and it's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna suck to be like, remember that time Greg was in that Ghostbusters commercial? Yeah, it sucks. The game sucked, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that this one actually seems like, all right, cool. Please tell me I can go to the world's most famous haunted houses, castles, graveyards, great. and find special ghosts there. And tell, tell me that's going to happen. I definitely think you're going to have special ghosts around special places. 
I don't know how deep it's going to be. You know what okay. I mean? Like they're, they're, right now, they're keeping it very broad level. They're yeah. fools not to, but I definitely don't think it's going to be graveyards. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean they don't want to fuck with you on that level. But I, I mean, if, well, if they don't have something special at the firehouse in New York, yeah. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just thinking about like real world, like haunted castles, sure. places that are famous for their ghosts. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I mentioned graveyards not because I'm trying to be in bad taste, but oh, no, graveyards no. are some of my favorite places to take walks. Oh, sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, where okay. that came from. No, like, no, um, I hear you. Know, I hope there's ghosts in graveyards. Well, I don't know really if there cool. ought to be actually thinking about it. Yeah, but I mean, again, that'll be a funny <laughs> let's play if Greg gets thrown out of a graveyard dressed <laughs> in full Ghostbusters gear. You know my what I mean? God. That, Portilla I, running I, around I, I don't, don't, There's costume. nothing no. more fucked up than someone in a Ghostbusters <laughs> costume <laughs> walking <laughs> through Yeah, let's not let's not do that. That's in terrible taste. You watch all these YouTube prank videos. Has anyone done that yet to a funeral? We don't want those. We don't watch them. They shouldn't make them. Let's not do that. It's a terrible idea everybody yeah don't go but no, to, I'm, don't I, play I'm very much like oh all right yeah, yeah. coming this year cool. yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see yeah I, I, I we had that moment where we all cared about po or not all of us but a lot of us cared about pokemon go it'll be interesting to see if yeah. i can get you guys to care about this to go ghostbust with me i know big kev dog will be there <laughs> wow that's what he says when he's in <laughs> that's kind of enemy uh i played a different game at comic-con that game was super smash brothers uh, ultimate uh nick and i got to go an play title i haven't heard about yeah no who, who would have known <laughs> who would Everyone's surprised that I, I'm interested in this. Uh, I, I didn't get enough time with it. I only got to play a couple matches. Yeah. I definitely wanted to play the entire time that I was there. Um, but yeah, Nick and I played. He won a couple. I won a couple. Playing around with a couple of different characters. I tried playing as the new characters a bit as well because I wanted to get the taste of how yeah. Inkling and uh, Ridley play. Sure. Uh, Inkling seems a little OP right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like Definitely there's a lot going on. But I feel like every time Smash adds a character with new mechanics... Uh, there's always that learning curve of people just yeah, trying to sure. understand, like, like when Little Mac added the, the his little power meter where he has that one hit KO move or normal, <laughs> like a very strong move. Mm -hmm. um, inkling with the with the whole ink system that it has is interesting. Ridley seems like one of those characters that's going to be very low tier until people figure out how to use him, mm. and then he's going to be a beast. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was he was pretty hard to use. Um, so I was like, I don't know about this, and I was seeing a lot of other people play as him and. Just getting their asses kicked. Um, God, this game's good though. Yeah, we got to, we got to play for the first time one on one because last time at E three we had to play four yeah. player with all items on. We got to play uh, one on one, but items were still on, but they were on low, so it was a, it was less chaotic and I could kind of focus a bit more. Because if you're new to it, because I don't think we 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 talk about how we love Smash a lot, but I don't think we talk about it. Tim is a purist and only plays Final Destination no, no items. That's, that's, mean, that's, not, that's, not, that's not that is the opposite of purism. That's all they play. That's the opposite. They come in, of they purism. hit the Omega symbol, and that's the end of it. Yeah, that no. is inverse purism. When, that when, is blasphemy. When we play as a group, yes, we it's Omega levels. It's one or yeah, usually one on one, or if we do multiplayer or whatever. And it's like that's the way to play Smash. Everybody fucking knows it. Whatever. I have fun playing with the items, and I I do all that stuff. I. Smash Brothers is like the one game that I really do try to as much as possible, hundred percent. My problem one. with you saying you have you enjoy playing with the items sometimes and all this stuff is that I know what you're talking about when you go play with Colonel and all your no, your, we, we your boyhood friends. Well, what, wherever you have a second family somewhere, because yeah. I only play Smash with you people, and you only play with items off Omega. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so where's right. this other family? You're taking out the ice when cream I play, while I eat glass. Well, I just play by myself, like a lot of the single player stuff. Okay. Like the, okay, you I can't see. turn items Only off. You can get the cherry Sunday. Okay, and, and I, I play the <laughs> fuck out of the single player in mm -hmm. Smash Bros. And I enjoy it. And some of the new items they got going on in, in this one really cool. And I love how they just changed the dynamic. The final Smash Ball that they added in in Brawl. Like anytime we play with items on, the moment that thing comes, people stop focusing on hitting each other and they're just running right. and hit yeah, the thing. Yeah. Right. 
There's now a fake Smash Ball that if you hit it, uh, <laughs> instead of getting a Final Smash, it explodes and it's abominable. That's is it beautiful. obvious? Can you tell? Or is it like... Yeah, the color's different. Okay. But in the heat of the battle, yeah, 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 there yeah, is yeah. still that moment where we both stopped fighting and ran after it, and then Nick fucking blew up. And it was like, Dummy. it's just awesome. Like, yeah. that's the magic of Smash Bros is yep. the fucking chaos and insanity. But I also love that you can turn that stuff off. Um, can I ask you a question God. that I haven't heard answered that yes. I think is a dumb question, but I'd still like to propose mm-hmm. just to put it out there. And I'm thinking more of what we've seen in Mario Tennis. And yeah, I guess more, more, since this this is a new Smash, but it's got everybody. But blah, 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 we're unlocking everybody as normal, right? New challenger mm-hmm. approaches. They're not. Yeah. Are, it's not going to be like everybody's unlocked at the jump. The, the at the jump, it is the N64 characters. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. And then from there, it, they're still not exactly clear on how it's going to work. But if the other games are anything to say, I imagine there'll be specific challenges you can do to unlock specific characters. But there'll also be a way of. This many versus matches gets you a character, yeah. and then every 10 gotcha. matches you get a new character. Gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. Um, and I, I think this game might do it at random, uh, just because there is so many different characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, people were asking this on Games Daily. We had to play with pro controllers. They, GameCube controllers weren't there. You couldn't play it portably, so no Joy-Cons or anything. We've only got to play with the pro controller. And it works. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take some getting used to for people, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um Pro controller is a fine controller. It's just it is. Fine. It's a fine controller. It's a great controller. <laughs> it's, it's a fine controller. Uh, but I love man, my it's pro fucking smash, dude. I, like I, it. I, I, I love it. I, I cannot wait to play more of it. I've been watching so many uh, videos because now that there's more demos going out, yeah. like Comic Con and a bunch of tournaments they've been doing, I've just been watching hours of footage mm. of just trying to break down the differences. Yeah. And uh, you were kind of saying, like, implying that this is a, a port. This is not a port. I was implying. Because there's a big debate uh, going on about this, even to this day. And the game does look very similar to Smash 4. um, But this is so much more than Mario Kart 8 Mm -hmm. Deluxe was compared to Mario Kart 8. Like, this is... Every character has so many little tweaks and differences. And the speed of the game, now that I got uh, more hands-on time with it, it is faster Mm -hmm. than Smash 4. It's not as fast as Melee, um, which I think is a good thing overall. Yeah, I agree. In terms of making the game accessible to more people. At a high level, the and last the last thing Smash Brothers needs to do is lean into the fighting game community because it's entirely, too, yeah, I think it's important no, for no, it too. No, it's important for Smash Brothers to respect and remember the fighting game community. But I think leaning into that mechanically ultimately leads down the road of stagnation. The fighting game community is wonderful, but they are also codified and fairly narrow. Uh, the the kind of game if we keep it's what happened to arcades. Uh, let me illustrate this more clearly. Street Fighter 2 comes out, everybody in the universe is playing Street Fighter 2. As new iterations and clones and things, other fighting games come out, they keep doubling down on more and more complicated mechanics. By the time Street Fighter 3 comes out, normal humans cannot get their minds around Mm. it any longer, and gradually the entire genre fades into a niche. Nintendo understands that they can honor the fighting game community's wishes for depth, without completely abandoning the ability for normal human beings to play a game that's ultimately about a big pink marshmallow beating up another big pink marshmallow. And I think that's good. Is is that true across the board? Because I've spent probably 20 or 25 hours now in, inside of Mario Aces. That game's hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Like, I was, I was playing through it. I'm like, oh, great. I get to go play Boo in his castle. Mm-hmm. I probably fought that boss... Oh, 70 times? This fucking story about man. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, that game is really hard. I bought it because my daughter and I were loving playing. Like, we, we play a lot of Nintendo games, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, I like tennis. Mm-hmm. I loved Mario Tennis, right? And so I'm like, all right, great. Let's pick this up. 
No, that game I, is hard. I, I think that I think it's a miscalculation on yeah. their part. I think it was a mistake. Yeah, I really do. It definitely seemed like that went out quick. Yeah, like everybody's yeah. super stoked on the online beta. We were super stoked from what we had played on Let's Plays and everything else. And then when we got it, and we're like, man, this story mode's not great. It seemed like that took the wind out of every sales. I just don't. All the don't RPG was out of that too. Yep. Like yep. it yep. just. Yep. Yeah, like, you're leveling oh. Mario up and doing stuff for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that. I mean, I I just haven't fooled with it. I was really excited about it, and when I heard the story mode wasn't fun, I and knew that's the I was, thing too. We talk yeah. about we talk about on the shows all the time, right? There's there's not time right now for a game that's like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. No time absolutely. Right? There's no time absolutely. Yep. Smash has always been, I feel, pretty good um, about respecting the fighting game community mm -hmm. and uh, just casual players. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely some exceptions to that. Like, tripping and brawl was such a mistake. Tripping was the um, best. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you add that functionality? To make fighting game players angry, and that's why I love it. It's so dumb. <laughs> oh. uh, but I feel like Smash 4 did a really good job with the online mode of the for fun or for glory, different type of matches. So you can play with items on and it'd be fucking chaos yeah. and stupid shit. Or it can be one-on-one -on -one Final Destination Fox only type shit. And uh, I feel like with the, the Switch and where it's at now and everybody ha kind of this renaissance for Nintendo, it's a great opportunity for them to come in and like really give a platform that for years people are going to be playing and you can kind of evolve down two different right. paths, both those paths being seen shown the same type of respect. It sounds it sounds like exactly that they've nailed it. From everything I've heard from you and I'm, everybody I'm else, man, that's where they've like the, the Smash community, both the Melee guys and the Smash 4 guys are all like, all right, Ultimate's seeming pretty good. There's some issues right now with balance, but like Sakurai, the director, is looking at that and there's tweaks being made and I'm I'm yeah. very excited to see where this game comes out. Um, but going back to the, the port versus new version conversation, like Sirens uh, are on with, our end. With um, the Smash Bros. blog that they've been uh, updating every day, I just, the amount of content that they're adding is just so insane. And the amount of love and extra care being put into this version is mm -hmm. just proof to me that this is going to be a brand new experience. Awesome. It's not just going to be the same game again. I'm so excited awesome, about man. this game. I can't wait to play it. Jared. Yes, sir. You've been playing old games. I have a uh, well, new again. Mega Man old, X Collection 1 oh, and 2. Yeah. I downloaded these the other day after based on the games cast we just had. Well, I guess yesterday when they got early or yeah. this week when they got released. They are they are excellent emulations of these games. They're wonderful recreations. Uh the museum stuff is there's a lot in there. Yeah. I, I, I like seeing the the different uh particularly sirens the merch and stuff that's in there. Uh, I think those are really neat. Yeah, more sirens here again. The merch stuff's neat. I don't, it doesn't quite have the same degree stepping outside of the games themselves of TLC that you saw in like the very first Mega Man collection yeah, where you could jump Legacy in and collection. have the challenge fights and all that. Yeah. They do add a neat two boss challenge fight mode that I like. That's really cool. But there's not quite as much variety around that stuff. And I miss that. However, when it comes to going and playing some really spectacular uh, Mega Man games, I mean, I picked up Mega Man X and I'm just like, oh, this is still great. This yeah. is just as much fun as it was the first day I played it. If you like good platforming, some of those games are spectacular some, platformers, yeah. and others are very good platformers. Are there I, any bad ones? I don't think any of them are bad. Uh, what are the must-plays out of the collection? The must-plays are, uh, one is, is essential. Um, I feel like one and two are still the strongest okay. in the series. Some people really like three. Uh, because you can play a zero, and I, I like that as well. But I, I feel like one and two are the best. But all of them are worth your time. Even the, like, eight is, it was a PlayStation 2 game. Yep. Yeah. And that's ugly. It's an <laughs> ugly game. Yep. But it's actually a very well-designed ugly game with some neat platforming ideas and, and, a, and a lot of fun. And um, I think more than anything else, though, it's that you've got 
something almost unprecedented, a series that began on the Super Nintendo all the way to the PlayStation 2. And the ability to play through those same characters and their evolving story and their evolving mechanics across across SNES, PlayStation, and PS2, across three platforms yeah. and these two collections. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of this. Have you been playing it? No, no, I, not yet. But I worked at Capcom for a little while when we were doing the Dead, the, the Dead Rising stuff. Mm-hmm. I have an absolute love in my heart for Mega Man. Yeah. At, well, as a game designer, it has some of the absolute... I, I'm a big moment-to-moment game designer. Mm-hmm. Like. Some people are, are, are systems people. Some people are mechanics people. Some people are level design, right? Like, I am huge on mechanics. Mm-hmm. And Mega Man, for me in particular, especially 2. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Have you... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's Golden Age. Golden you, Age for mechanics. Design. Have you ever gotten your hands on 9? Not yet. Okay, so 9 is 2 part 2. Yeah. And some people don't agree, but I think it's the best Mega Man game. All right. I'm going to uh, check it out. Really 9, though. That, that oh, wow. Right. Best Mega Man game. I think so. It's because it's it's two built on thirty years later. Sure, somebody right. just went back to two and said, "What worked about two, yeah. and what can thirty years of platform design teach us to make that even better?" All right, I'm going to play. That's the approach. I'm going to play. Really and cool. I'm going to message you, and then uh, <laughs> we're we're going to see if that it's if that's it's, true. it's <laughs> radically right. good. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's two if all the weapons were good. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. It's a it's a yeah. It's Fair a, enough. But yeah, I think X is. You don't have to like old games to enjoy playing, particularly X one and X two, and I think X three is really worth your time. And the others are. They're a neat historical. Uh, they're not just curios. They're all good games. So you can literally get dozens of hours of good platforming out of out of buying these. I think they're a great pack. So collection one is one through four. Yeah, and then collection two five is five through eight. Okay. Yeah. So you're getting eight games between the two collections, and uh, that's a pretty spectacular. Also, I think uh, probably owe a disclosure on this. I did some sponsored content for IGN for Capcom. Uh, Capcom sponsored a video I was in recently that was about the history of Mega Man and Mega Man mm-hmm. X, and I should probably disclose that. So I'm not sitting here being compensated for uh, talking about how I enjoy the game, but I did some commentary that I was paid for about the history of it there. So More sirens. Yep, got to make sure that gets set. <laughs> Mega Ran was in that, too. Yeah, Mega Ran from Kind of Funny Live was in it. Oh, oh really? Do really we get cool. kickback on that? No kickback. <laughs> Please... <laughs> Send a cease and desist. Hit up Sean Finnegan and be <laughs> like, you motherfucker. Yeah, set up Finnegan. You know that footage that I gave you that you could use in this? Yeah. yeah. We won't money. Jokes on you. Jokes on you, Finnegan. But yeah, guys, uh, it's great platform. Open up the pocket purse, Pear Schneider. <laughs> pocket purse. Uh, and then your final game to talk about. Skyskipper. Yeah, oh. Skyskipper. What the fuck is Skyskipper? Sky, well, that's a great question, yeah. Tim, because that was my question when I, I first heard of it a few years ago. Um, Sam Claybird introduced me to this game, uh, the uh, managing editor over at IGN. So Skyskipper is a ridiculously obscure uh, Nintendo arcade game <laughs> that was created by Nintendo in 1981, right after Donkey Kong, did not test well, and then pretty much all the cabinets were converted into Popeye machines. Uh, they used the Popeye boards. It kind of like Donkey Kong was radar scope with a new, you know, a new ROM on it. This was Sky uh, Popeye was Skyskipper with a new ROM on it. And they're like, oh man, we'll make a game people want to play. Skyskipper is a weird little game about flying an airplane around a world full of playing cards flying through the air while giant monkeys throw rocks at you. It's weird. It's garishly colorful to the point of hurting your eyes. Yes. Um, it's an interesting piece of history for a Nintendo completionist. How did you play it? Uh, you can play it on ye old Switch because Nintendo, for the Whoa. first time ever, 
has released Skyskipper based on a ROM that they have in their archive nice. oh, wow. uh, to awesome. the general public. Yeah. And so we can play this very, very, uh, f- this long lost forgotten piece in Nintendo history. Uh, has just been released. It's eight bucks. But do you recommend people play this long lost piece <laughs> of Nintendo history? No, not unless you're really into Nintendo history. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's okay. Um, it, it has some weird bits in it. Uh, it has cussing in it, which is interesting for an nice. only Nintendo mm-hmm. game. Uh, there's well, a, the monkey gets what? in the cage and the monkey's like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mild profanity. Um, the the main character is named Captain Yu, Y-O-U. Um, uh, it, so it's like, yeah, Sky it's got a, it's got a very strange. You're flying a little yeah. biplane. You have to refuel, but there's this. There's a mechanic where you, like all the things you're picking up have different suits of playing cards on them, and if you make different hands up in the corner, you get point bonuses, which is a neat mechanic. No, that's cool. But it's kind of awkward and weird. It was also released on the Atari 2600 for some reason because they bought a license for it before the game actually came out and the Atari version's awful. There's Mr. You, not Captain You, Mr. You. Okay, yeah, don't give him But a, yeah, so so you're, also Nintendo really into monkeys that year? Lots of gorillas. Monkeys were huge, man. Yeah, we had monkeys Donkey Kong and monkeys were huge. I I have a theory These that these colors are fucking atrocious. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Garish, like I said. It's it's really oh. weird. Yeah, it looks strange. It's this kind of weird scrolling game. You fly off and get up there. So what you're trying to, you have to chase the monkeys off and then the little guys will hop out of their holes and you catch them. This also looks complicated as all hell. It's not as complicated as it looks. Uh, That part's actually, you're just, all you have to do is pick up all the jumpy guys. No, they're, uh, they're you just bunnies, get more right? points. West yeah, is but this way. East is this jumpy way. Guys. <laughs> yeah, jumpy guys. There's little frogs that jump too. Uh, there's pop a frog. Yeah, there's there a frog. But see, see the, the top left corner with the diamonds? If you get four diamonds in a row as your pickup, you get a bonus. Um, but he's not going to get a bonus because he didn't pick up four diamonds. So it'll it'll push the next card over. Oh, he's trying to make little hands. I see what's happening. Yeah. So you get more points that way. It's a weird game. And that's straight. And then the monkeys throw things at you. So, no, it's not a good game. Does uh, it control like a dream like it seems to? Uh, <laughs> It controls exactly as you'd expect it to watching this video. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a weird little game, but I wanted to play it because it's not been widely available ever. Mm. And uh, now it is. I mean, you could dig up, you know, some old, like, you know, in the dark corners of the Internet. There were ways to find versions of it. But now Nintendo's given it to us. And I say if they give it to us, we should play it. <laughs> All right, we're about to get to the topic of the show, but this episode of Kind of Funny Games Cast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Greg, can you tell me all about that Blue you Apron? You know I can tell you <laughs> about you, Blue Apron as I cook with Blue Apron quite often, including this evening. Mm. A box came yesterday. It includes oh, seared steak and garlic mashed potatoes, sheet pan, tandoori chicken, and barramundi and caper butter sauce. Uh, what happens with Blue Apron is you use the app or the website to pick the meals you want and the amount of meals you want as well. They ship it to your door in pre-packaged ingredient uh, bags. You get there, you follow step-by-step instructions, and you make amazing food. Oh, yeah. I did all that without looking at the copy. Better that's how much cook. I use. I don't know if they use that anymore. No, they do. You're right. You're still yeah. good. Uh, skip meal planning and get straight to cooking with Blue Apron. Experience the joy of summer with our favorite grilling recipes. If seared chicken and tangy barbecue sauce and juicy cheeseburgers with spicy slaw don't make your mouth water, that guy's water. Check your pulse. <laughs> Just kidding. But seriously, getting the most out of the summer has never been easier with chef-designed recipes and ingredients delivered right to your door. Blue Apron makes dinner quick, easy, and oh yeah. Insanely tasty. Uh, they're doing like it says here, and what I just read there with the steak, of course, grilling options for the summer. You, the new thing is you get the recipe card, and it's like stamped on top. This one can be cooked inside or on the grill. So they're helping you, you know, get outside or do whatever you want to. 
Um, right now, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash gamescast. That's blueapron.com slash gamescast for your first three meals free. That's an entire box. Man. You know, your first box yeah. of meals right there, right? Uh, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Yummy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you. Let me talk about Blue Apron. You're making me salivate. <laughs> I'm hungry. Really like yeah, I'm hoping yeah. Jen lets me make the steak tonight. That sounds yeah. really good. Those yeah. garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. about right right oh, now. I can't go. have those. Yeah. That sounds so, so Mark, good. Yes. You you are dance, involved dance, dance, dance. in the Mafia series at this point over at Sorry? Henry 13. Were you, you involved with the Mafia I know, series? I actually, no. You no, came I, after Mafia I 3. I did, yeah. Okay. So Horizon Zero Dawn was my last game before transitioning over to, to you know, obviously Hangar 13. And when I got there... We were all in on it's. It's time for a new IP. New IP over yeah. at Hangar. 13. So what does that yeah. mean? So like you know what I mean for yeah, yeah. I think people out there understand IP intellectual property. Sure. You guys, you you want to make a new thing from yeah. the ground up. You don't want to just make another mafia. You don't want to make That's another right. thing you guys have done before. That's right. Where the hell does that kind of process start? <laughs> the hardest thing about building a brand a brand new IP, the absolute hardest thing is that it's a whiteboard. Like yeah. literally, you're just looking at a whiteboard. There's nothing on it, right? Mm-hmm. And for some people, that amount of uncertainty is just like, nope, we're, we're going to opt out. We're just going to nope the hell out of this one, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. that. There are certain certain types of creatives that I like to call original creatives, and they're they love to build new stuff, right? And then there are other types of creatives that I call derivative creatives that take a look at something and go, that's not the best form of that. That there is a better way to do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so. If you're building something brand new from scratch, I like to surround or, or build that team around original creatives first, at the very least, because mm-hmm. they're gonna they're, there's gonna be less frustration and upset around like we don't know what this we're not gonna know what this is for six months, seven months, eight months. We're gonna sort of go through a lot of ideas. We're gonna churn through a lot of stuff because you're gonna throw a lot of stuff against that whiteboard, right? So that's that's really where it starts is figuring out the team that you want to build because you. It, it takes a specific type of person mm. that really wants to dig into, all right, well, you can make literally anything. What is that thing that, that we decide we're going to make? Um, after that, the hardest part about it is is vision correction. You know, because you could say, we're going north. Well, from San Francisco, north can mean a lot of things, <laughs> right? Like north mm-hmm. could mean a lot of different destinations, right? Uh, and especially when you're working with multiple studios as part of your studio um, and you're not there all of the time, north could end up you know, moving this direction, north could end up moving that direction. There's a lot of time spent just kind of course correcting north, right? So, you know, the question was around like, how do you start, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, I start at... And I honestly, I picked this up from both some of the really strong creatives, guys like Tom Cadwell at, at League of Legends and, and guys like Jan Bart Van Beek, who's the art director, uh, who had the original idea for Horizon Zero Dawn. They started with what they loved as kids. Mm. You know, they went back to what do we love as kids? Old and robot dinosaurs. Certainly you can see, <laughs> absolutely, you know, a love for things that, that we picked up, you know, at that time. Yeah. Right. Um, I have not yet seen that not work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have not yet seen when somebody fell in love with something from their childhood and they went, I I can't do that thing because generally that's a licensed property. Sure. Right? Like, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn couldn't do Transformers. Right. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but they could do a version of it that they fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and if you can find something that lots of people love, 
then suddenly you're cooking with some fire, right? Like you're you're getting to the point where you don't have to explain yeah. as much anymore because there's a common understanding that at least you've kind of picked from, and then you start to move on, right? Um, but you know, it's it's a huge, huge, huge process. I think, and I don't know the exact time frame, but it took a really long time for the Thunderjaw from Horizon Zero Dawn to get to the point where the Thunderjaw was, right? Yeah. Where, where you really understood how it moved and how it looked and the, the way that it wanted to react, even at a very basic level, even at a, you know, the first playable level. Um, because no, even though there was an idea around that, that's, that's going to be a robotic dinosaur, right? Yeah. Which, which, you know, in fairness to Horizon, it was never dinosaurs. It was always animals, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was always one thing that was actually more true about it. Um, but it, it was at least that idea that it started from somewhere, you know, and it said, all right, like, we're going to take this and take it to its best form. So I think that's the place that you start, at least, is that you find a way to get some common ground. Um, and oftentimes, at least I have found that if you start from a place that everyone kind of loved at some point in their lifetime, then they have something to contribute, mm-hmm. you know. So when it comes to getting something like this actually greenlit, when yeah, you're trying yeah, yeah. to when you're you're the you're <laughs> right. the you're the creatives, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're in there, you've got your team, yeah. you've built this kind of common vision of something yeah. that doesn't exist yet. And now you've got to go to your publisher and yeah. say, you know, can you guys invest the ridiculous sum of money sure. in this thing that we're describing to you? How does that process work for somebody from the outside? How does that come yeah. together? It's hard. Um, on league, it was a very different process. I wasn't there for the pitch process, mm-hmm. but I, I was there kind of towards the back end, right after the, the 10 cent uh, cash infusion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking with Yan Bart about the idea for Horizon Zero Dawn and the way that Herman Holst, who was the, the studio head of, the, uh, of, of Gorilla and you know some of the, the key members of that team, could you imagine walking into a room and saying, all right, here's, here's the deal. We're going to do robot animals and dinosaurs a thousand years into the future of a post-apocalyptic Denver. Like, nope, green <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's a tough call. I, How'd at, you make it happen? At the end of the day, they made it happen, right? Yeah. So in fairness, they, they were the ones there on that one that made it happen. Um, a lot of it comes down to, I think, passion and zealotry around how much do you really love this? Mm. One thing that was absolutely true and that convinced me to come on to the Horizon Zero Dawn project when I came on was they loved that video game. Mm-hmm. Like they absolutely loved what they were doing on that. And I could feel that passion. And I'm sure when that original pitch was happening, that passion was felt. Yeah. After that imagery, mm. right? After that, it's imagery, right? Okay. Like concept it's art? oftentimes concept art, uh-huh. oftentimes concept art, but almost immediately after concept art, it ain't real unless it's in game, right? Like okay. it's just, it's not real unless you can put your hands on the controller and play it. And one of the things that I can point to that, that Corey Barrug and his team did uh, on God of War, they had released um, some of their first playable footage, uh, a 2015 build. Mm. Man, you could see it at that time. Like you could see at that time that God of War was going to be special, yeah. right? Um, and so I think it's a combination of passion and, and almost zealotry around that IP. Like it's not that you just want to make it. You, you have to know that you're going to commit five years mm-hmm. of your life to doing nothing but this and building this and, and trying to make sure that everybody stays on that same path. For the, it's, 
Corey has described it a number of times as the number of times that he had to repeat the same thing over five years, mm-hmm. just, just started grinding on him. You know, he's like, I know that this is what God of War was before. This is where we're trying to take it now, you know, and, and God of War wasn't a new IP, but it was a reimagining of, yeah. of what, mm-hmm. you know, they had done previously. Um, it was the same thing on Horizon Zero Dawn. Several, several members of that team throughout the entirety of that development process were like, I'm not, I'm just not convinced. You know, and that's hard. Like it's it's it is constantly hard, but that's why you have to have almost that zealotry. You know, mm-hmm. almost that uh, you've you've got to really love it and believe in it. After that, the imagery definitely helps, mm-hmm. right? Like, good concept art is good concept art, but when you're building something that nobody's seen before and you don't have to explain why it's good, mm-hmm. that is immediate. That that is something that people just immediately go, okay, like. When you say the words a thousand years into the future of a post-apocalyptic Denver, you know, with, with human tribes and, you know, robotic, you know, animals, we're like, I, I can't, yeah. there's, there's so much to crock in your head. But when there's an image that just captures that, you don't, the words don't have to be used anymore, right? And then just following that is something playable. Like, you just got to have something, right? Yeah. There's just something that's proving out why it's special, which is, I think... If I had three or four big takeaways about building a new IP, and which to get back to, like, what is an IP? We could talk about it's not just a game. Like, you're really building a universe of things, and yeah. you should be thinking about comics and movie rights and, and you know everything else that that is associated mm-hmm. with a big intellectual property. Um, but you got to do something incredibly <clears throat> well. Anything, one thing, you've got to do incredibly well. Like. Whenever I hire new designers, I, one of my favorite questions is, who's your favorite designer? Mm. I just, who is it, you know? Um, I get a lot of Kojimas, right? I get a lot of Miyamotos. Yeah. I get some Todd Howard, you know? Okay. And for me, it, it's both Miyamoto from the mechanics perspective and Todd Howard from a systems perspective. Like, they just do amazing work inside of their fields. Man, there's a lot of stuff wrong with Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about it's buggy, character models, you know, animation fidelity, IK. You know, like mm-hmm. you could you could talk about those things, right? You know, that's a ninety plus Metacritic game that sold continues to sell copies. You know, mm-hmm. because it does, in my mind, two things better than almost anything else in the industry. One is the sense of exploration, mm-hmm. the sense of exploration that you get in Skyrim or the Elder Scrolls series, and in some ways the Fallout series too, is unlike almost anything else that you play, sure. mm-hmm. right? The second is the reason why that, explana- that that exploration even is valuable is because it has all these layered systems that make everything that you find interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I just went into this, you know, Draugr cave and inside of it there is uh, some pots and pans and, you know, a couple. Well, I can use those in alchemy or so that they they take a look at a couple of things at Bethesda and they go this is what we are going to do world class better than anyone else right and they they invest in that you know and if you take a look at i don't know Fortnite as an example man talk about really there is a game that Jagex makes and it's called Block and Load mm-hmm. and Block and Load is a 5 on 5 building and shooting you know sort sort of game it, it's basically Fortnite without the battle royale part gotcha. right it didn't do anything perfect. It, it did a lot of things okay or a lot of things well. It's just it didn't stand out in my mind anywhere. Fortnite comes along, and the original version of Fortnite, people weren't really picking up on Battle Royale, obviously made it as big as it wasn't going free-to-play. But, man, 
building and firing in that game is just so much freaking fun. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about, and this gets to almost my next point, which is think about who you're trying to target. You know, because you're not you're not going to sell a video game to everyone. You're just not mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You've you've got to think about who it is that you want to you know mm-hmm. actually make this video game for. The team is always first because again, if the team doesn't love it, yeah, it's really hard to spend multiple years making something. Um, but right after that is who who do you really want to target with it? It's so smart what Fortnite did because they took Minecraft based build mechanics for a generation of kids that are screaming for an updated, aged-up experience and said, hey, remember those things that you did for hours on end? But we're going to simplify that, but we're going to keep that as a mechanic, we're going to add that to shooter mechanics, and now you've got a video game that, you know, God, what an amazing video game that, you know, Fortnite's become. So I think that's a big part of thinking through what it is that you want to do with an IP. You know, the very first thing is you got to get some imagery, you got to put something, you know, sort of in engine mm-hmm. but right after that you better have some mechanics figured out on that moment-to-moment perspective where people go yeah i can see myself playing 40 50 60 hours of this repeatedly because this moment-to-moment interaction is so damn good that i don't mind repeating it so when it comes to that uh, stephen king likes to talk about writing each piece for what he thinks of as his ideal reader absolutely um, yeah. and you're kind of describing the same kind of idea yeah for the things you make yeah. outside of the team who's your ideal sure. reader for me, it starts with, it. all right, this is going to sound like pandering. I, I don't mean it that way. I think it starts with the kind of people that watch Kind of Funny. That's you, best friends. Yeah, it, it is. Because the people that watch Kind of Funny care more about video games than just picking up the game for a couple of hours and, and you know, playing it. Like, they think about them. They wear T-shirts, you know, that, that are about video games. Uh, gaming is part of their identity. It's part of the culture that, that they, you know, create. And so... Do you want more water, too? That'd be great. Oh, um, wait, are we watering up? Uh, no. Just oh. for me and the guests, Jared, if you want to slack slyly, where you can slack. Where yeah. am I going Wow. Please yeah. continue. Look at so, that. I'm just getting sass. Right? Yeah. I'm getting sass. So from my perspective, it starts with the kind of gamer that's ultimately going to be an evangelist for your title. And mm-hmm. it's people who evangelize are people who love video games. Right. Right? So I've seen on Twitter now a little bit around this. Do you have to be somebody who likes video games to make video games? Mm-hmm. Or do, is it something that you have to be passionate about? And I see a lot of people go, no, you don't have to. And I'm like, God, I want... No offense, I'm not hiring those people, right? Mm-hmm. I know that other people might, you know, like Miyamoto, he's, he's stated, you know, sometimes I look for people who, you know, aren't just gamers, I think is his quote. Great, you should have a multitude of interests, other areas that you can pick up entertainment. I love Vegas because I go to the shows and I get creative inspiration from that. I get creative inspiration from books or movies or life experiences. You get it from everywhere. But damn it, if you want to make video games... You better play some games. You better play some games. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. them. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm not making them, it's the first thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is I'm thinking like I'm jonesing right now to play Octopath Traveler. I'm like, oh yes. my god, I gotta get my hands on Octopath Traveler. Right? It's not, so good. Not just because I'm an old school RPG. Obviously, I play a lot of Japanese video games, yeah. but because it just the idea of that that narrative and the way that that works is, is sounds cool to me. So. I'm big on it, and, uh, and I'm very passionate about building new IP. I feel like between Gen 6 and Gen 7 and Gen 7 and Gen 8, 
we continue to build less new IP because it is mm-hmm. big, it's risky, it's expensive. Sequel sell, right? That's Sequel a, they you're do. You're probably do. a guaranteed return on that. Yeah. It's a proven quantity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the reason I imagine Gorilla did Killzone yeah, forever, absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Granted, right. they enjoyed it, but yeah, yeah. cool, we can iterate, we can do something different. And you look yeah. at something like Shadowfall, right? Yeah. That it wasn't the traditional Killzone. Yeah, it was exactly. something different, yeah. but it had the Killzone name in it, yeah, hopefully yeah. to get people in. But yeah, then, yeah, the, the stretch of going off the and that's hard. That was hard for them, right? Like I wasn't there for Killzone at all, but obviously trying to do something a little bit different. You run into that problem with a franchise that's established. You're like, well, the people who like the franchise like it for this reason. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. If you mess with it, that's hard. So, but you do have that yeah. wonderful counterpoint. You talk, you know, we've talked before. Why was an Octopath Traveler Final Fantasy 16? Right. And the yeah. one part we haven't talked no about. Well, not only that, no baggage, and now you're going to have Octopath Traveler 2, and 3, and 4, and suddenly you've created... New franchise. New franchise, which means new guaranteed money from sequels when it's successful. And there's that end of it, because if you never take risks, then you you end up... I mean, Final Fantasy 15. 15! I love 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 Final Fantasy. Just just to be clear, I love Final Fantasy 15. I agree with the the reason why you do Octopath Traveler as a separate IP, because if it hits... I'm gonna go by 16, and I'm gonna go by Octopath Traveler, yes. right? So yeah, that yeah. that just it makes a ton of so, sense. So so with the new IP and with how hard it is, not only to pitch it to yeah. to get made, but then also to prove to the audience yeah. to, to buy it and play it. Yeah. How quickly in the process does the conversation go from a lot of hard work and yeah. creativity and just kind of this? It's all coming together, and all working yeah. to the not fun, shitty. Uh, questions you have to answer of sure. how much do we need to pander to a specific audience yeah, to yeah. guarantee we hit at least this? Like, yeah. how do we make sure that yeah. we're using the right buzzwords to sure. uh, to to get in there? Yeah, I I would say we never pander to an audience. Um, I would say that every single segment of of a the gaming the, the people who are gamers, right? They like things. There is a segment of gamers that will never play online games, right? There's a segment of gamers that only play online games, right? Um, that's a really difficult segment of gamers to, to bridge. You know, you're like, all right, well, if you decide you're making a single-player-only game, you know you're going to ostracize X number of gamers and, and potentially even X number of regions of the world mm-hmm. that are never going to pick up your mm-hmm. video game, mm-hmm. right? If you decide, as an example, you're going to make your, your Quantic Dreams, right? And you make Detroit. I love Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. You know when you're making that game, China's never playing Detroit, right? Like, that's never going to happen. You're never going to pick up X number of millions of people that could potentially want to enjoy your product, right? Now, you know, Detroit's a PlayStation exclusive and stuff like that, so that makes it harder. But as an example, you know that you're giving up. At the end of the day, I would rather make a game that people love than a game that I feel like hit or checked all the boxes mm-hmm. and then became almost bland or it's that old saying of, of you can't please everyone, you know? Um, so I think that's absolutely true. So just, just please the ones that you think are really going to enjoy the kind of game that the team wants to build. And I think if you head down that path, that's the best way to Does actually Does that become it. part of the conversation as early as the pitch meetings of, Here's the group that we are yeah. targeting with. Yeah, this. it does. It does. It absolutely does. And, and you know, in fairness, good marketing and PR departments and, and stuff like that are a part of that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. The publisher, at least for me, right? I'm at 2K. Um, and the publisher is the one who's handing us money as an internal studio, yeah. you know? So <sighs> they want to be a part of that process. And they absolutely should be. Because if they don't believe that they can sell it, 
that's a really tough you know call on our end to go forth and say well this is the one that we want to build right so there's certainly a collaborative process that occurs inside of that um and during that yeah we absolutely take a look and we go all right you know without getting you know into you know specific information about how segmentations work and everything else um we absolutely take a look and go are we building enough features Mm -hmm. for this segment of gamers that would enjoy something like this right like great example for me is is dark souls right Mm. It's really at its core a single player experience. You know, it's something that you kind of test your your might against. You know, and the, I think the vast majority of people who play that probably play it single player. There are enough things inside of that that allow people who would love to play online games. Obviously, that you know it has PvP and certain ways to get into it. But the idea that they had around putting down the note cards and the idea mm-hmm. that they had you know around being able to bring in extra buddies for boss fights and. Mm-hmm. There are smart things that they that that the development team from From did that said, "Hey, this is something that that this is our core audience, but we've done enough mm-hmm. in this space that some of these other kind of gamers may come in and, and pick this up as well." So, when you're talking about segmentation, follow yeah. up to Tim's question. We've been having a discussion a lot in Games Daily recently about yeah. the vast market shift toward games as a service. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you think that marketplace has become oversaturated right now Uh, do you you think there's there's more good games being made in that space than there are customers i i so this gets into sort of red ocean blue ocean stuff right like when Mm -hmm. you talk about red ocean is there's a set market space and that market space doesn't grow larger and so what you're trying to do is you're competing inside of that space for gamers, right? Sure, there's right. a, there's a right. limited amount of gamers exactly. yeah. inside yeah. the yeah. ocean. And then a, in a blue ocean, you're basically, you're expanding it, right? You're like, right. Nah, this is what, it's just like space. Apparently, weirdly, space is continuing to expand, which blows my mind. <laughs> but I don't know <laughs> how that works. I see it. Right, right, exactly. So the idea of blue ocean is like, you're literally creating more ocean. Nintendo, right? Nintendo, Nintendo. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite examples of this is EverQuest 2 and World of Warcraft. Oh. Two games that mm-hmm. release mm-hmm. within yeah. one week of each other. One, the current king of MMOs, right? The other, an upstart that didn't really know what they had with World of Warcraft. One went and said, all right, when we build the original EverQuest, we literally required gamers to go buy a video card. Because a lot of of PCs at that time didn't have one, right? So you had to go buy a video card to buy EverQuest, right? And so they said, these hardcore gamers, these people that are willing to go shell out $300, $400, whatever it is, in addition to buying the game and the expansions and the monthly fee, they're, the, these are the ones. And they go, there, there's half a million of these out there, and we're going to grab them, right? Roto Rookhaft said, what if we stylized the graphics? Yeah. We made it a little more single player so that you didn't have to have this force grouping that EverQuest 2 had. And we make sure that it ran on PCs or, that literally existed all around the world Potatoes. at that time, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> Well, turns out that was the right call, you know, because it went from an MMO audience that at that time was probably somewhere around a half a million to a million people. Now, today, maybe it's shrunken a little bit, but certainly at, at the, World of Warcraft's peak, height, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. 15, 20 million people inside of that audience. Like, that's what new genres do, you know? And so when you talk about what building a new IP is, yeah. it's sometimes it's also even having that conversation around are you building a new genre? Mm-hmm. You know, we certainly had that conversation at Riot around League. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time where we on our website basically said, Hey, do you like Dota? 
you should totally come and play League of Legends. You know, like we hired some of the Dota guys over, and, and that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. At one point, of course, Blizzard and Valve got into a huge fight around who owned Dota, the term, yeah. right? Obviously, Dota was was Warcraft 3, uh, a mod, but Blizzard hadn't really done anything with it, so mm-hmm. Valve decided to, you know, basically to trademark it. So we decided at League, like, well, we don't want to call ourselves a, you know, like, we, we don't want Dota all over our, you know, that's going to be a competitor to us. So we had to come up with a new term. And I remember in the meeting where we figured out MOBA. Hmm. You know, we were huh. like, all right, well, what are we going to call ourselves? Because we need to take Dota off, but we need to explain what the hell we are. So massive online battle arena. Yep, that's what we are. We're a MOBA. We're just to start calling ourselves a MOBA. And, like, that's how it happened, right? Like, Can we have another hour-long sub-interview about that meeting? <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's an interesting thing. I will say one of the you pick up things from different studios that you work at. Mm-hmm. Brandon Beck at Riot Games is brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant because he doesn't think about things as games. He thinks about everything as an IP. Mm. You know, there was a point on League of Legends where they literally just ripped out all the lore. They were like, eh, "Don't need this. We don't need this lore the way that it's working. It was all based around who the summoner was, you know." And uh, became very apparent very quickly the champions were the stars of League of Legends mm-hmm. not not trying to figure out the fields of justice and you know what what and they hired an incredibly brilliant game designer uh, Christina Norman from the Mass Effect series to come over and help with this problem figure out what they wanted to do with this so mm-hmm. you know to this point now what league is you know esports and merchandising and everything that it does it's thinking about their title as an IP as opposed to their title as a game. Sure. And so I think that's super important when you're trying to build an IP. I'm enjoying all this four-dimensional chess stuff. This is great. Yeah, this, this, this Here's is my great. question. And so like this sponsor, you just gave a, spe- uh, a talk, right, yeah. where, you talk, and where you basically announced, hey, you know, Hangar 13, yeah. we're working on this new IP. Yeah, brand new IP, yeah. I know that you can't talk about what that IP is. No. I don't know if this is a leading question, so feel free to be like, sure. I can't talk about that either. Yeah. Can you tell us... Where, where we've talked about how it goes from whiteboard to this yeah, to yeah. pitch to sure. Can you say where you are in that? Like, has this been approved? Are you, I, it, have you, are you, do you have the IP and you're moving on it? I think the best thing that I can say is that we have, we have the idea. Okay. We're, we're very early in the process. Okay. So I, I don't want to talk about like where we're at in specific Totally. No, no, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, Cause yeah. my, my question yeah. is, especially for you guys, Hangar 13 yeah. owned by 2K. Yeah. yeah. When, you you come on as Mafia is finishing. Yeah, yeah, right. Are they? Do you get like a deadline of like, all right, cool. Here's your whiteboard. Figure out what game you want to do in yeah. six months. Have a pitch for us. Have three pitches. Did like, no, not really. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, oftentimes you build studios around people. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, we figured out who this talented person or group of people is, and then you figure out what you want to do. And Hangar 13 was built around the studio head, a guy named Hayden Blackman. Um, and Hayden uh, had worked at LucasArts for years. He was a prolific writer, and he was the game director on uh, Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2, and um, he is... When I try to figure out what studios that I want to join, oftentimes I try to figure out who the studio is and where that studio head comes from. Mm, mm. If the studio head is a creative in nature, that as a creative, I'm like, I'm all in. Mm. Because I think that they worry less about deadlines and what the you know how much money or what the profitability of a title is or all those things. They go, let's just make a great freaking video game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, now they are responsible for all the rest of that. They have to hit time and budget and everything else. But but their focus always is, and certainly Hayden's is at Hangar Thirteen. He just tells me every day, your job, make a great video game. 
You know, like that. That's the only thing that you have to worry about. No so he trusts yeah. the pro- well, he trusts the product. Then. Yeah, he trusts absolutely trusts the product. Yeah. And I and two K mirrors that absolutely all the way up to Carl Strauss or uh, you know Carl uh, Strauss and, and Zelnick. Zelnick, yeah, yeah, who are the heads of of Take Two, who's the parent company of Two K. Like any time that. And, and I'm not in the meetings, but any time that Hayden and you know Strauss have that conversation, at least what Hayden comes back to me with is build a great video game and everything else will take care of itself. Sure. Mm. So yeah, sometimes that might take a little bit longer than we thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In particular, on this one, we you know we had an idea, uh, we had two ideas, we had three ideas, and and on the fourth idea, you know, which was kind of this. It's not as if they were all unique ideas; they just kept morphing and iterating. changing and iterating. Yeah, and now. Now we've got it. Now, gotcha. now we feel like gotcha. we've got where we cool. want to go. Yeah. Very cool. Any yeah. final questions about this new IP business before we move on? What's the, the title? Channel? When's it coming yeah. out? <laughs> Do you have the no. PS5 dev kit? I, What's going on? Yeah, I definitely can't talk about any of that. <laughs> um, I will. One other thing that I will say on this front: it, it's everybody makes their stuff just a little bit differently, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of one of my favorite new IP that was kind of in Gen Seven, uh, right at the end of it, was Dishonored. Sure. Mm-hmm. But even that teaches you things like you learn things by creating your own new IP, but you also take a look at other new IP. And I love the mechanics in Dishonored and in particular in Dishonored 1. I thought a lot of the level design was super smart. It really brought forth some of that um, old Deus Ex feeling and, you know, um, multiple ways to do things and, and different paths. And great. You could watch people play Dishonored and you could see them be stealthy and just wreck things you could watch them just use abilities yeah. and do crazy yeah. stuff with summoning rats and stuff like that you could watch them be twitch gamers and watch how they do different stuff with the sword and, and mm-hmm. abilities all and it didn't matter like in all ways the player could be successful and i love that right mm-hmm. that world is super depressing it's not a world that i feel like is worth saving and so every time that i step into an ip that i want to build one of the things that's true about mm. The stuff that I want to make is that I want to make a world that you go, oh, man, if I'm going to spend 40, 50, 60, 70 hours in this world, mm. it better be a world that I want to spend some time in. You know? That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. And I take a look at, you know, Dunwall, I think, is is the name of that area inside of Dishonored. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, you're slaughtering whales and, you know, your, your character models are sure. very sharp edged, you know, and they all seem like they're you know, for lack of a better term, assholes. And, yeah. you know, I'm like, I, I don't know if this is a world I want to save. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I should protect the Empress and get this world back. So I'm like, I, you know, it just, and they kind of built that mechanic, right? They were like, oh, if you, if you're, you know, this murderous assassin, actually the world gets worse over time. And, you know, but even I oftentimes play the good guy. Hell I yeah. I just can't help it. In your right? face, Tim. Yeah. I can't help it. I didn't really feel like I saved much. Yeah. There at the end, and I'm like, oh, this world still sucks. Westworld so. season two. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. So, but Although it, I love Westworld. Yeah, I yeah. do too. But it, but what you're describing there is... Yeah. It, it, so that in mind, what yeah. is uh, what is your favorite gaming-related IP yeah. to, to spend time in? Where do you like to go? Um. Oh, God, I love so many of them. Um, what are a couple, then? When you say related IP, do you well, mean something that is not a game and something and, that's in the yeah. game store? Well, you were talking sure. about thinking about IP instead of yeah, thinking yeah. about them as games. So, sure, what, are, sure. what are some of those places Absolutely. you like to visit? So, 
I can't help it. I love books as a kid. I was one of those those kids who like had the, like the little pin flashlight or whatever, and like <laughs> you would have the the covers, you know, yeah, up yeah. over Mom your told head. You lights and out, told you lights out. And I'm like, I'm up underneath the covers right. with the, and I think that's why my eyes suck now. You know, <laughs> like, um, I love to read. Mm-hmm. The people around my studio are sick of hearing about Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> but for me, like I'm like, oh, Brandon San. Everything that Brandon Sanderson has written. I'm like, Mistborn, have you guys read Mistborn yet? Have you guys read, you know, uh, have you guys read Way of Kings? Like, the way that Brandon Sanderson thinks about writing is the way that sometimes game designers think about systems design. He has what I call hard, he has this idea of, like, here's stuff that is soft magic, and here's stuff that is basically, you know, like, nobody cares, and here's hard magic. And he explains this on his website, um, where he's like, ah, Harry Potter, all the rules apply except when they don't. You know, like whenever you need something convenient, Harry Potter comes up with it. And it always feels just a little cheap, you know, like they couldn't use the tools that they had. So they created a new one on the fly to get through a situation. Mm -hmm. The way that Sanderson writes is that it's all hard magic, Mm -hmm. right? In the Mistborn series, you can't do magic unless you've burning metal inside of your stomach. If you got no metal, you can't burn the magic. It just doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Inside the Way of Kings... If you don't have this sphere, you know, you're kind of sucking in this sphere essence. If you don't have any of that, you can't do your crazy magic, you know. And oftentimes when I love IP, it's when people have the loss of their powers or Mm -hmm. abilities as opposed to when they have them. Sure. You know, like it is it is a much more interesting story when Superman gets his ass kicked by Doomsday. Right. Or it's a much more interesting story, at least for me in Smallville. When oh, yeah. when Superman is it Tom Wellick? I forget Tom the name. Tom, Tom, Wellick. Yeah. Tom Wellick. He wants to play football. Yeah. Like any kid probably in Kansas would want to do, right? Like, yeah. oh, we yeah. want to grow up. We want to play. Maybe not so much now, but you know, like brain injury. But certainly, <laughs> well, now, back, now it's uh, heads up tackling. Right? It's very oh weird. my god! Yeah. I got to pull a flag. Um, but certainly, at least in that time frame, 2003, 2004, yeah. when that was coming out, like you were like, so of course, Superman growing sure. up Heartland? in Kansas yeah. would want to play football. Yeah. And his dad's like, you can't play football. Yep. Like, they're putting this limitation on this kid's power. Yeah. You know, because he could be the world's greatest football player easily, yeah, right? Man. But he can't. And I find that incredibly interesting, sure. right? Because you're like, you can't do that for reasons. Red you know? Sun story. It's just I, well, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Red Sun. Well, not just so. Red Sun, but the, the idea that the anytime yeah, Superman's yeah. under a Red Sun, that's yeah. going to be a good story. It yeah, always absolutely. is. His powers are gone. Yeah, yeah. He has to be. All, anyway, my favorite sorry. Superman, and I know that you wrote one. I thought it was really good. I'm working on it. My favorite, yeah. <laughs> my favorite one is, and I forget which one it is, but it's when he lands in Russia. As opposed to the United States. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just sorry. like, yeah, absolutely. And I was yeah. just like, oh, love yeah. that. So uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's like, yep. What a fun episode. This I told you it would bad. be. Yeah. This yeah. is great. You were amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> end this, wait until you play the game. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna end this out with a with a fun little game we've been playing called Mobile Game or Bullshit. Jared, what is this? Wait, week's? no, 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 Kevin. I wanted to give the, the intro. Oh, really? That's how you want it to be. Fine, go hit the song. Jerry Petty, what is today's topic? Today's topic is mobile game or straight to DVD movie. <laughs> so you're going to get a list of titles here, and all you got to do is tell me whether it's a mobile game, all right, or a straight to DVD movie. However, this week there's a small twist. What what is the twist? One and only one 
of these five mobile games slash movies is both. That's right. So we we have three options. Three options, but only one. Only one is both. Now, here's what I would like to propose to the group, but mainly the host of Jared Petty's game of mobile game or bullshit, Jared Petty. Can we do it where we go through... We go through all five games. We say if it's mobile game or bullshit, and then at the end we double back to pick the one. Oh for my each friend! One of us. That was the plan. Thank you. Just making sure. Yep, that's how so we're doing it. Is that a sixth point? What that is? Or is that a bonus point? That is the bonus point. Bonus point, right, right. there. Love that is it. the bonus point. It's like rock and jock. It's worth yeah. twenty-five points. <laughs> all right, we got the descriptions here. Some of these descriptions are real. Some of these descriptions are made up. All right. All right. Now, we have a guest here today, so I think you should go first. Oh, um, so you got to go last? Oh, well, you want to go last? Okay, I, I sure. I would love to go last. All right, last. go last. Yeah. Who was first last week then? Fuck if I know. I think it was you, <laughs> wasn't it, Tim? I Give think me Chris, some. Like, let me go first right. here. Right. You going first? Yeah. All right. Number one, Battleheart 2. Welcome back to the world of Battleheart. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> DVD movie. DVD movie, mm. Battleheart 2. Here's my question, if I may, uh, Jared Petty from Jared Petty's Mobile Gamer Bullshit. Oh, is the title of the movie, if it was a movie, Battleheart 2, or is it something like Aladdin, Aladdin colon, Battleheart 2? None of these have colons. Gotcha. There are no colons. So you're not today. leaving anything out? Not leaving anything out. I'm going to say Battleheart 2 is indeed. I, I choked. I choked at the end. <laughs> Fuck, I love this game. <laughs> I'm going to say Battleheart 2 is DVD Alright, straight to DVD movie I'm going mobile game Mobile game? I am, yeah, I'm going mobile game well, Number 2 I've never lost mobile game Alright, so right. <laughs> so, first Excellent. We, so we always reverse afterward Okay, yeah Alright All right. Zombies How is that spelled? Z-O-O-M-B-S I-E-S. Is that an M or an N? M. M. Like zombies. zombies. All right. But with okay. two. But fast. Right. <laughs> yes. Zombies. That's all I get. There's nothing else. The description. All right. It all started mm-hmm. with an apocalypse. That's straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. I'm saying it's a game. You're saying it's a game. The, the zoom makes it sound like a game. So I'm going to go game. It's going game. All yeah. right. All right. It's going game. Going game. Number three. Mercenaries 2. Make a Merc great again. What a fucking description. I hope you made that up. I hope I did too. And that's me? Is uh, that, that's Greg, right? Oh, wait. Let's see. Well, no, we're, we're, we always reverse order. So with three people. It gets weird. We go back around. We're going this way oh, again. Okay. You're always in the middle, Greg. Oh, okay. I got you. Right. Okay. Uh, give me it again. Mercenaries 2. Make a Merc great again. Mobile game. Mobile game. I'm saying game as well. Mobile game. I'm going to go mobile game, although I would love to point out the Mercs way back on the 8-bit Nintendo was an amazing video game. Oh, <laughs> Mercs. I remember Mercs. Uh-huh, yep. Based yep. on uh, based on the arcade game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Excellent. Yep. All right. yep. Excellent. I like you so much. Uh, let's see. Number four. Tomb Invader. Ha! <laughs> uh... Uh, that description. Yeah, Explore tombs for fantastic treasure. I'm going DVD. Straight to DVD. Yep. I'm going mobile game. Mobile what? game. I mean, the description doesn't work for a movie, so it has to be a mobile game. Mobile game. Number five. Ice sharks. 
Now available on Android. That's the description? <laughs> well, I always just pull a line. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't no, know it's that. not okay, the whole okay. description. I just I pull a line. I'm always pulling a line from the description. If it's if it's anything else, I just make it up. But if it's from the game, I just pull pull it from the uh, from the description. Ice Sharks. Ice Sharks. Now available no, on Android. We're not playing the game that way. You go first, this one. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you've been broken by the game. Yeah, no, 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 Tim no, hasn't no. won yet. Kevin's right Tim still hasn't won. Oh, I see where you're at. Okay, right. ice sharks. I'm gonna say DVD as well. All right, I'm going. Uh, I'm going game. Going game. Yeah, ice sharks. Yeah, and now everybody gets to pick one that they think is both ice right. sharks. Which one do you think is? You're both? saying ice sharks. Ice sharks I think it's ice sharks as well. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. I'm gonna put a big <laughs> it's because. Well, I want to see what Greg says first. <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, Battle Heart Two is both. Okay. Okay. That was my second choice. Yeah, me too. That was my second choice. But the reason he is, the now on Android. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's so clearly mobile game that I'm like, there has to be something more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The meta game. You know how Jared Petty likes to play of with your mind? Gotta play with mine. All right. And which one? I, I thought it was. Uh, he he, 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 he said oh, Okay, right sorry. On. I got yeah. confused. All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go down. Battleheart 2. Welcome back to the world of Battleheart, the mobile game. Yeah, Gosh. absolutely. <laughs> but only well, why wouldn't again. it be? <laughs> Number two, zombies. It all started with an apocalypse. Ladies and gentlemen, that one is both. No, oh. there is a so movie called Zombies, and there is a game called Zombies. Oh, okay. But nobody picked that for myself, both, right? Yeah, nobody picked that for congratulations. Right. You played yourself. That's right. Yeah. Zombies, the game originally intended for the short-lived we uh we space but oh. eventually ported to mobile all right number three mercenaries to make a merc great again and i did make that up because that my friend is a motion picture Damn. but not wow. again there is no mobile, there's no mobile game called mercenaries 2 what? That seems like a missed opportunity. I'm just saying out there, <laughs> mobile game guys. Tim, we yeah. got we got trouble here. I'm getting he's got, fucking. He's got played, two points. We, you've got one. There's we've lots of one. things with colons, but there's Marcus no just two. straight nope. mercenaries to the mobile game. Nope. All right, calm down, Tim. Don't throw your drinks. <laughs> Number four, Tomb Invader. Explore tombs for fantastic treasure. Straight to DVD. Fuck. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Number five, so unbelievably bad at this. Ice Sharks, now available on Android. Nope, that's a movie. Oh. Ice yes. Sharks. I got a point. <laughs> you have two. Really? So, you got Zoombies, because Zoombies is both. Uh, Greg Miller, what's the score? Uh, I have two, Tim has two, and Mark beats me for the first time ever with three. Uh, my Reign oh, of Terror is one. Reign of Terror is yes. the guest wins. Congratulations. taken down. <sighs> Kevin, hit the song. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we always end with the song. Why don't you play a window sound, it's Kevin? That game's fun. That was a great game. Awesome. I love that game. I literally stopped everyone and was like, hey guys, there's a problem with the computer. It keeps making noise. I've tried <laughs> to stop it, and now you're giving me shit literally a week later because you missed a meeting? What a great episode of the kind of funny games cast. <laughs> I know. Mark, thank you very much yeah, for joining us. Thanks this for having me. Awesome. Yeah, you're yep. great. Uh, stay tuned for the post show. Greg's right. going to tell Why a sad I cried story. Last night. Yeah. We'll fucking see. We will. Until next time.
I love you. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Find out why I cried. Wow. What an episode that was. You can click here to subscribe to kind of funny games. You can click there to subscribe to kind of funny. If you want to support us with your money, I'd appreciate that. Patreon link right over there. And over here, it's the Kevin fun time. But whatever Kevin's fun clips he wants to put there. Who break does it? Why is it mine? I want you to put it there, though, Kevin.